Welcome to the On a Bender Soccer Podcast. EPL, FPL, a little bit of On a Bender. Um, and uh, yeah, it's back. We're back. It's been a little bit of a while away. We had an emergency podcast on the lawn of Travis Hill to celebrate a Bender championship. We had a failed fantasy podcast that we were never able to upload. But uh, it's great to be back. How are we doing, boys? Wonderful. It is great to be back. It's great to have... English Premier League soccer back on again. Uh, missed it. It did happen. It came back pretty quick, though. It's like almost like the school year, you know? You get uh, you're off and you're back on again. But it's great. I love it. Fantasy's back. Can't beat it. Bummer not to have uh, the Olympics to hold our time over. Sorry, Olympic. The World Cup in the summer to hold over our time. But uh, something was missed on Saturday morning. Yeah, I, I think it's good. Obviously going to be a weird year with um you know with uh with the world cup happening in the fall and making for a break in the uh in the premier league season but um it's also going to be fun i think that's going to bring a unique element to to the fall with football and college football and the world cup and premier league all kind of going down at the same time uh things could get rowdy so um Let's jump into some Premier League. We'll start with that. We got James Luster, who, uh, as you'll remember from the uh, USA pod, is a heralded goalie who never plays goalie for us anymore, um, joining us. But uh, he is also, unfortunately, or fortunately for us, I guess, a Manchester United supporter. Um, So I guess let's let's start with the bad. Tell us about Man United. I, I know it was a little bit of a, I don't know, I feel like there was a little bit of hope with um, just the way that kind of the manager was had kind of taken things. Um, different lineup without Ronaldo starting. Uh, but, yeah, it just looked like a lot more of the same from last year. It, it really did. Hey, guys. Good to be on the pod. Hey. Uh, hey. It's for an unfortunate reason, obviously, with Man United really <laughs> coming out of the gates pretty weak. Um, as I was re-watching highlights from last night, I was trying to kind of diagnose the issue and it it seems like there's there's a lot there's there's a lot to look at from a from a problem standpoint and just like I was trying to kind of figure out a good metaphor or analogy and like 2021 Lakers came to mind of just like you roll you know you roll all these talented people on the court or you know you've got Ronaldo there playing LeBron James as as the goat and just you know you expect he's only one player you can only do so much and then like it's almost like Yahtzee, like you've got all these like dice in the shaker and you just throw them on the field and you expect greatness or you expect to roll a full house every time and it comes up all different stuff. And it's almost like I think one of the commentators said last night that just there's there's a lack of like uh, connectivity between the players and there's there's a lot to talk about. And just like it's more the same from last year. You have your hopes here and then they quickly get down here and then all of a sudden you can. Next game, we might look like uh, an all-star team. It's just, I, I don't, it, it's frustrating to watch just given the talent on the field. Yeah. What, um, I felt like last year, you know, I felt like maybe they got rid of, getting rid of Pogba might help. I felt like getting rid of Ronaldo or, or not having him start may create, you know, more connectivity. You're not just trying to feed one guy the ball. But, um, you know, where do you see, is it, is it, is it just the cohesiveness? Like, where do you see the disconnect? It's it's hard to not be envious of teams like Liverpool and Man City and see kind of how their stars play together. It's as if we don't practice together. Like, I think it's – and there's – I see a lack of strategy just given kind of how we move the ball around. Even if you, if you watched last night or even if you just turn on the NBC highlights, there were not – there wasn't a single highlight from the first half. There was no creativity, no creation, <laughs> like highlights only. There wasn't a menu highlight in the first half. Um, and so we didn't start playing basically till minute 50. We were down 2-0. The fans were getting riled up. And we started to kind of finally see some back-to-front movement. Or if we, like, got held up, we weren't just kind of playing something inside. Um, you know, you saw Luke Shaw finally started making some runs down the left side. Um, and almost like Ronaldo had to come in as a sub to get some energy. Um, it's, I, I think, I, I think I find it a lack of strategy 
overall back to front, how to attack like Rashford dancing around a little bit, hitting the side netting, finally getting some energy, a little bit of creativity there. But, you know, you've got, um, you know, Bruno Fernandez in the middle trying to do what he can. But again, one guy, he's almost like doing a Pogba impression from last year. So I, I, it's frustrating to watch. Like, like I said, again, a, a team like Man City that has – Equal amount of t- more, probably more talented, but I would say, man, use up there for top five talented team, and we just can't make it happen. And I really think it does start with the coach, you know, not to get too inside the numbers, but like, really does start with the coach. And if we don't like, like you know, if we don't like each other on the field, or they're not, they don't seem like they're having fun, and it's, it's you can't really have yeah. fun when you're getting your ass kicked by, you know, by two and at your home stadium for the first time ever, but like, it was, uh, it, it was like you're watching kind of a, a second, you know, a bottom tier team. I wonder, um, you know, to me, sometimes it seems like United, you know, Jordan Sancho is a, an example um, where like United goes and they get the, the, the biggest money signing, whether or not that fits into the team or not. It's like they fall in love with with the biggest names or the the, the top money, whether it was Pogba or or Jordan Sancho's another like I felt like that way with Werner at Chelsea. It's like when big teams start going in on guys and then all of a sudden all of the biggest teams are pushing their value up, maybe sometimes they aren't the, the best, you know, fit with the team. And I do think that's what Liverpool has done well with that. They they until Nunez, they don't always sign kind of the highest money guy. Um they signed the thirty million dollar Mane and the you know, thirty five million dollar Mosala or you know, get Tiago on a free transfer. Now, obviously with Nunez, with Alisson and, and Van Dyke, those are some big money signings. Um, but it seems like when they do go after the big money player, it's almost like you choose fit first and then name second. And I feel like sometimes with um, sometimes with Man United, they're going name first and fit second. I don't know if it's more of a marketing play or more of just flexing because they have the money, they can go spend the money. It's not like you know no one else was in on Pogba or Sancho. I mean, they're great players, but maybe they need to think about the system first and then try to find the right guys to fit. Hundred percent, yeah. And just you know, looking at the lineup from from Saturday, like it's pretty stud. Like we got some studs out there, and you know, I I love the Martinez ad. You know, I I'm okay. Um, you know, with the lineup, but like. And I thought about it last night too. And again, I'm, I, I feel like I'm sounding pretty serious for an unserious pod, but like, it's so frustrating. It's like, I'm talking about it with my it, kid's yeah. soccer coach last night. We were talking about <laughs> it. Like first time I ever met this guy, I'm jumping into Man United frustrations. Um, but like, and I, you know, again, I, it's like the, the sum or like the, the parts are not equal to the sum of the whole. There's like, a, you know, we're, we're better than we're showing. I don't, and I, and it's it's probably a frustration that a lot of soccer teams can claim of just like we're better than this, and it's kind of like my golf game sometimes. Like I'm better than my scorecard, but it it's like bullshit. Like the ball doesn't lie, you know. <laughs> like it, it's you lost yeah. two to one, and we didn't even score the freaking goal. It was an own goal by Brighton. So you know, <laughs> and it was bright. Yeah, like the the one, yeah, the bright spot. There wasn't really even a bright spot. I that's. I think that's probably the yeah. most disappointing part of it is like there wasn't a lot to look at and be like, hey, we did this really well um, yeah. until like maybe the 60th minute where we finally started to do something. But even still, I got frustrated last night rewatching the game of just like even 80, we're at 88 minutes or 87 minutes and we're just dicking. Or, uh, we can curse on this, right? You can yeah, say, okay. dick, you can yeah. say dicking around, we're on dicking around so. in the back and just like just these lazy one twos and. There wasn't even fire. You're at home. It's the first game of the season. You know, you should be winning this game against Brighton four to one, four to nothing. And we're sitting here just like, all right, we'll figure this out. It's 88 minutes. We got plus five and just, nope, you lose two to one. You don't even score the goal. You, you look relatively like you didn't practice all se- or all off season together. You've added some parts, like you said, and it's like even Erickson, seeing Erickson run around out there, like one, the guy came off a freaking heart attack two years ago or whatever. Like, but the dude's a stud, give him the ball, let him make something happen. And I felt like I'd be curious the amount of time he had with the ball at his feet. Um, Cause I bet you it wasn't much. I bet you it's not what it should have been for a guy of his caliber. And maybe he's still kind of finding his form, but 
I was disappointed by the lack of touches that he had. And again, I, I don't, I was messing around on Premier League stats last night, but uh, I bet you it wasn't much. So, well, uh, you know, week two, you got Brentford again, again, you know, beginning of the season, you're looking at that game and it's a game you feel like you should win, but um, you know, it's one of those where if you don't watch out, the season gets, gets uh, really short, really fast. Yeah. If, if that's one that you can't pull a victory. Well, out I'd be curious you guys. I mean, you guys watch more Premier League than I do. Like, am I out of touch with what Man United is? Like, am I, like, is their lineup as good as I think it is? Because I look at it, I'm like, I, I love every every person in every spot. But, like, am I, am I delusional? I think, I mean, I think your Lakers analogy was really well, really well done. Or even the Nets last year, you know, you get these stars, but they're not maybe all passionate or work hard or their work rate's a little lower. You got guys like Westbrook that, you know, he's all about himself, an individual player, doesn't fit with the team. Look with Kyrie Irving, he put his, you know, whole agenda above the team last year with the Nets. James Harden wasn't training and working out as, as hard as he could to match what he is as a superstar. You know, I think, you, you know, that's what you're seeing with Man U is you get all these high-paid players who think they're the best, but then they don't work well together. I mean, they definitely have the talent on paper. Yeah. I, I think I think that's something I think I mean it's easy to say as a manager but I also feel like they've gone through a lot of managers yeah. uh and so like everyone's having a problem so maybe maybe it is the players and maybe there is a problem in how they train and you know be they feel like they're you know, man united so they can just show up and win when you put that jersey on um you know it, it it's almost like they need to start having an underdog mentality. They need to start having a mid-level mentality and they just don't have that right now. They just think they're, they're playing for Manchester United. And so therefore they're just going to show up and win. But um, you know, it's difficult because, you know, Bruno is class and you think, you know, I, I, I like watching Rashford and you think that he'd be able to, use his speed along with Sancho and get in there and do a lot of the similar things that the other top teams are doing right now. Um, but I'm also very fine with Manchester United being awful. It makes me super happy. So yeah. <laughs> I have, I have no problem with it and I don't want them to fix it. Yeah. And I, I bleed, I don't like bleed all of my own blood uh, when we lose, but like, it's one of those where like it stings a little bit. And then I go on to, you know, fixing my son something to eat probably, but like, uh, I was, as I was watching the game, I didn't watch it live except for like 50 minutes and on. And then I went back and watched it again. Um, but like they kept on showing the Glazer family. And it's one of those where you wonder if there is like this kind of like club mentality. Cause like apparently, and I didn't know this until like, you know, sometime over the summer, like the Glazers are hated. Like people hate the Glazers right hated. now. Like it's like seven yeah. kids or nine kids that don't get along that, that want to like make their own decisions or do their own thing. And you just wonder if it really is kind of a top down problem that they have of congealing, you know, from ownership, management, strategy, players wanting the ball or wanting to do certain things. And like, you know, the only stability is instability, not to be too cliche, but like, yeah, ever, you know, what have they've had five managers in seven years or something since, um, uh, since the big guy left and I am planking on his name. That's ridiculous. Um, but like, yeah, it's just super in- unstable. And you wonder if that just kind of feeds onto the field. And I, I, I think it probably does. I think that's, it probably makes sense. So hey, there's AP. All right. Well, we go from, um, we go from the, the, uh, the desperation of, of Manchester United to the sheer excitement that, um, I think a lot of us are feeling in the U S about Leeds with Aronson and Adams. Uh, we've got our, our resident Leeds fan, uh, AP, how much of the game did you see? And, and, um, you know, what, what is the, uh, what the excitement right now for Leeds fans heading into, uh, heading into week two? Yeah. What's up? What's up dudes? What's up? Um, uh, yeah. Super excited. The, uh, even the start of the game, they, they went down early, um, but it's, it's just fun to see, you know, the starting lineup show up and you see Jesse Marsh in there and his, uh, you know, and then you see two Americans in the starting lineup for a premier premiership team, which is somewhat unheard of. So it's pretty cool to see, to see all the Americans all of a sudden on board at Leeds. So, um, and then obviously a great result, um, going down early and then coming back, uh, with, with, with two goals to, 
to <laughs> to win. I was listening to uh, to another podcast, and they they said, you know, Leeds United is is only nine more eight or nine more wins away from safety. So after last season, uh, nearly, <laughs> nearly going down, they're already, already counting down what, uh, what a little take to, to stay up in the Premier League again. So super, super exciting all around. Alex, you've paid close attention to Leeds. I know uh, as a kind of our resident U.S. men's national team expert too. Um, you know, I think we, part of it that we, we, we had some jokes from Jake Gordon, who's also a, uh, who also a Man U fan who's ready to to already give up his Man U <laughs> fandom and pick up um, basically be drafted by Leeds as a fan for this year? But Alex, what did what did you see that you liked from them? I mean, they came out like they did was it two years ago against Liverpool when they first came up from promotion and they were just all over the field pressuring. I mean, Banford's healthy. Adams obviously plays box to box. Aronson is just work great horse as we've seen with the U.S. team. I saw a stat that he had the um, most, I think, pressures um, of any player in Premier League in week one um, across the field, 31 total pressures on players. So and I, I, I think that goal he had, they called an own goal, but I think he got that in there at the end. He deserved it. So I think they're exciting. They're young. Rodrigo looked really good as well. Um, obviously, it's the Wolves, so you got to temper that at first. But it seems like Jesse March, who I wish was the U.S. coach um, eventually, <laughs> But they love to play for him, and hopefully they can keep it up. What was the uh, after the game? What was Marsh getting in the Wolves' face, the coach's face about? I didn't. I, I saw yeah, some usually, highlights, but I didn't get to see what exactly. I don't. Happened. I, I didn't get to the, the bottom of it. I did see at the uh, at the end they they just went to go shake hands, and the, the the Wolves coach was just not not having it. Um, I don't know if anyone else picked up what what they were upset about. I didn't. I didn't we'll have to do some, some googling, but it was awesome. Just that yeah. he was fired up getting in the other coach's face. Yeah. What, I, um, I, I know they lost Rafina. What were the other changes? I know Adams and Aronson came in. Any other changes on, yeah. on defense? Because I felt like that was always the issue. Right? Was attacking leads was always fine, but it was the defense where they were having some problems. Yeah, I know Calvin. Calvin Phillips was a big loss for them. So I think Tyler Adams and uh, there's another uh, guy from Spain they picked up. Uh, Rocco is supposed to be. Uh, filling some some big gaps, but I think the the big injury the issue last year was just injuries. It seemed like everybody was uh, hurt. It's sometimes all at the same time, sometimes uh, just spread throughout the whole season. So it was uh, you know kind of constant with them. But um, yeah, everyone seems to be healthy. So yeah, like Alex said, great to see Bamford back out there, and uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be a fun fun team to watch for a couple week couple weeks and months. Yeah, it seems so, like Jesse March said. Uh, maybe got passionate and said something during the game that the Wolves coach didn't like. And so he said something afterwards and Marsh says it's nothing now, but um, he said it dates back to something last year when they played at Wolves. Maybe it was a, a big game at the end of the year, but he said something during the game that the Wolves coach didn't like. Nice. Well, um, so we're, we're in a suicide pool. Um, and I think we already lost 11 players from Liverpool, not winning last week and also Villa getting beat shout out to, to, uh, Luke and, and Carlton. Um, as I look at this week, I originally circled, um, Man City against Bournemouth as kind of the go-to game. Bournemouth came out strong and played well last week. I'm a little bit tempted to take leads over Southampton as just kind of a, you know, Southampton looked pretty awful. Um, <laughs> leads look pretty strong. Is that, am I crazy to, to think that that could be a, a good pick that, you know, other, I think everyone else is going to go in on man city probably. Um, yeah. Am I, am I crazy to, to take leads? On know, those, is it a little early for that? Those, those survivor pools are always tough because you don't, you don't want to go out of the, the, you know, use the big guns right out of the bat. So uh, I don't know. It's at, it's out Southampton. Southampton did look kind of rough last weekend. So uh, I don't think you're crazy, but I don't, I don't. I don't know if that's that's the wise choice if you want to stick in this thing for, yeah, for a while. Not the safest. All right. It's always yeah. hard in those because the draw is a loss, right? So you have to win outright in those to advance, and you just don't know. I mean, West Ham do they bounce back at Nottingham Forest this week? Um, I mean, Fulham looked great, you know, but they're on the road against the Wolves. Um, so it's like, when do you use your your big guns like Man City, or do you try to hold off for a few weeks? It's always a tough challenge. Well, and there aren't a lot of other games that you feel super strong about, you know, you look at Villa Everton, you would normally feel pretty good about that, but Villa just lost Arsenal Leicester. That's a, that's a Arsenal and 
I don't know if Travis will join us, but obviously um, he's he's on cloud nine now. They played uh, as good of a game as anybody last week. Um, attacked just looked really strong. Leicester looked good and bad. They looked very Leicester-y. Um, Arsenal at home against Leicester could be a could be a good um, opportunity. Brighton Newcastle. I don't want to pick against Brighton right now with Brighton at home. Um, you do like City at home against Bournemouth. That's probably the one that looks the best. Wolves at Fulham. Fulham. We know what they did against Liverpool. Brentford hosting Man United. Stay away from that one. Um, maybe Forest uh, versus West Ham. But again, Forest is at home. Chelsea Spurs is a toss up, and then Liverpool, like Liverpool Crystal Palace. So it's really it does come down to City. And then if you want to take a if you want to take a flyer on Leeds, but I didn't realize they were they were playing away, so that makes it uh, maybe even a little little more difficult. I think a lot of people are going to be on on City in that one. Uh, I think Liverpool shows up against Palace too after last week. I would just... think so, but you just never know. All right, I want to get into since we have both of you. If if one of the four Graham Savinis that's on the line here, um, I do want to get into before we go into into fantasy. I do want to get into the Chelsea Spurs match. Um, LAX, you're our Chelsea guy. What do you got from, from game one? You guys have probably been the most active team, signing guys, um, selling guys. Um, how's the team looking? How do you feel against the Spurs team that scored four uh, without Kane and Son getting one in the basket? Uh, I mean, I don't feel great going into this one. I think we barely survived last week. I mean, we got that PK at the end of the first half. Other than that, I think up top we're struggling. Timo's gone. Timo just signed his uh, permanent move to back to Leipzig. I think Havertz and – I mean, Sterling had a good game, but Havertz has been on a dry spell. So I think it's going to be tough to score. I do think Silva and Koulibaly and, and Reese and Chilwell, and, and we'll see where Kukurea comes in. I think we're fine on the back, but um, Spurs seem to be having fun. They got a ton of talent up top. I think it's going to be a tough one at, at home, even at home, to pull it out, to be honest. And Graham, what did you see from your Spurs? How do I sound, first of all? It's like dead sexy. Are you still getting anything in the background or no? No, you're good now. You're good. All right. Well, yeah, Spurs, speaking of sexy, very sexy, cool as sexy. He was, he was unbelievable. And to go with, to go with what Kane and Son already do, I think the defense needs to step it up a little bit, but I, I love what Conte's doing with them. I love him going back to Chelsea where, you know, he won a bunch. I, I'm the biggest pessimist when it comes to my sports teams, but I think they can go do it. I, Chelsea's got to kind of figure some things out. I think and it kind of looked a little off, but I, I know Everton also packed it in back there on them. And they're, I was reading something, um, how Everton is basically just the new Burnley, uh, with all the players they're getting and, and that kind of thing. So it might, Chelsea maybe was just kind of had to deal with the bus. It's very predictable on offense right now. I think um, there's just not a lot of creativity. I mean, Tuchel keeps saying we need more quality players, which is not what you want to hear when you're on the team currently. So uh, we'll see. I mean, hopefully, maybe Pulisic will get a start and come bring a, bring a spark in. Did he but come off the bench at all? What's like, up with yeah. him? What, what are they saying about him? Is he going to be in the in the mix, or is he on the outside looking in? I mean, he was the first guy off the bench, so he came in. I mean, Mount and Havertz and Sterling started. I don't see Sterling not starting for the most games. Same with Mount. So I think it depends on how Havertz goes. Um, but they brought him in. They brought Broja in. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think he's first guy off the bench for sure, and we'll get his starts here and there. But with the five subs now this season, obviously there's going to be a lot more rotation across the board. So, um, I, I mean, I had Kulu early in the fantasy year last year, and he, I, I felt like he played the first six to eight games with Spurs like he did in, in week one, and I don't know if he got tired. I don't know if just teams started focusing on him a little bit more or the matchups just weren't great, but he, to me, he, he provides that left-footed guy coming off the right, just like Salah, who can just cut across at any point. Um Hustles, great speed, and and we'll get into fantasy in a little bit. But to me, like having the the cheapest of the three attackers on Spurs could be a good pickup at eight. But um, if he if he continues to play like that, it's one of those things where like, okay, well, who are you going to focus on? You're going to try to stop Son, then you got Kane and Kulu. You're going to try to stop Kulu. You got Kane. Like um, 
And then you now you have a couple of, of big signings for you guys on defense with Perisic. Spurs, Spurs looking good. Spurs looking sexy, Graham. I, I hate this. I, I, you're the, you're seldom the optimist, but I can kind of hear it in your voice. Yeah, I'm going to stay optimistic um, at least for a few weeks here. But it's uh, it's exciting. You're right; they have a ton of guys. I was telling Alex how many guys. It felt like a clown car of last year's FPL of the Chelsea subs uh, this last weekend, but. The Spurs have a lot too, and they still, I don't know what they're going to do with um, Perisic because I like Sessegnon a lot, but you got to get Perisic on the field at some point. I, Royale, sorry, but please, I, I just don't love him. I'd rather see Doherty. Um, but you, like you said, with those three guys up front, Kulisevsky has just been impressive. I, I don't know if he'll be the best. Uh, FPL asset for the whole season, but he could be, you know, he's more the kind of distributor guy. So we'll see. When I was reading how they were talking about Carlson potentially taking his spot at some point, but I don't know how you keep Kulu out of the way he's playing. Yeah. I could see him coming off at say 65 minutes or something like that with like the five subs you're mentioning. I could see that happening and Richarlison getting some play there, but that's just another weapon. Like they just really have so many weapons. Like they just got to keep winning and scoring goals. I think, uh, you know, I think Richarlison is kind of becomes, you know, like Joda on Liverpool. I think there'll be some games he gets a spot start for Son or, you know, gets a spot start for Kane, but I think it's kind of a four person rotation into three spots. And it's not as bad as like, you know, the, the pep roulette at Man City where you never know who's going to start. I think you're pretty safe with the top three, and every once in a while, uh, Rick Carlson will end up getting a start. That's just how I see it. But also, you never just know. Little soft, soft tissue damage is going to start coming for Harry Kane, as, as it has with uh, us when you start getting old like we are. So it uh, could happen at some point. Yeah, Kane's ankles are bad. Like he, he, you say he has too- ankles? <laughs> well... I don't think he has cankles the way Conte keeps those guys so fit, but um, yeah, he could miss some time. I'm, I'm just, Richarlison is a hothead. And so I'm just wondering how long it's until he gets a red card, but also son does some crazy stuff too. So I wonder if that's kind of a fun bet, like which one of those two gets a red card first. All right. Well, uh, I think that's certainly the game of the week. Um, Chelsea Spurs. So it'll be fun to kind of keep an eye on that one. Um you know, I, I think the the headliners for um, for EPL were really kind of Arsenal coming out and looking the way they looked in attack. I think Villa laid an egg. Sorry, Luke. Um, you know, and then we'll get into it when we get into fantasy, but how Holland, you know, really takes Manchester City to the next level. Um, Leeds and Fulham both kind of looking strong. Man United looking not so strong. Um I don't know if Liverpool laid an egg or they just came up at the wrong time against the wrong team at home, but you, you would you would have wanted to see them obviously win that game, but I'm not hitting the panic button yet. And then finally, as we move into fantasy, before we go into fantasy, this is the longest 28 minutes we've ever gone without mentioning Newcastle. Kevin Hicks here with us. Um, give us take on, on game one, and then we'll move into, fa- into, into some fantasy. Well, first topics. of all, how could y'all go 28 minutes without talking about the most <laughs> dominating team in the first week of the Premier League start. So I, I don't know how they weren't mentioned already and, and just a complete domination. I don't know if Nottingham Forest is that bad. I think it's a combination of both um, because Newcastle did look good the whole way. I, uh, I was so excited about the Premier League starting and so glued into the Fulham-Liverpool game Lizzie missed her JFC first JFC actual team soccer practice. So that was <laughs> well, a, that was a proud dad moment. Yeah. Uh, that, that's when, you know, you're really, you've really taken this uh, premier league fantasy premier league. You've taken everything a little too far. That's either um, a proud, a proud fandom moment or a proud, <laughs> uh, not so proud dad moment. Maybe, maybe a combination. A little, a little bit of both. I think mostly a not so proud dad, not so proud dad moment. Uh, when Lizzie came up to me at like nine eighteen, and she's like, "Oh, I guess I'm not going to practice today," Did you and I'm like glued the... into the Liverpool Fulham game, and I went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Did you give so, her the uh, Allen Iverson? You talk about practice, Lizzie. Yeah, like, you talk about a game. Well, now in, in my defense, she had done the camp. She had been there Monday through Friday, so for her coach to throw this extra practice, I mean, really, yeah. so she, know, she, she needs she needs a break. She needs a break. Yes, yeah. she needed a break. So. Uh, that was, that's, 
you know, the opening, you know, weekend of Premier League, that's when I realized how, you know, into this I've gotten. Uh, so I watched the Liverpool-Fulham game, then went right into the Newcastle uh, game against Nottingham, and they, they did look great. Uh, I had Wilson even on my fantasy team, so that worked out. I was a little worried we didn't get a goal the first half, had a lot of chances, and uh, so you always get worried uh, if, if one's going to go your way or if they're going to you know, end up somehow letting one in on the other side. But, yeah, it was a good good performance. I'm happy Bruno, again, kept with what he's doing at the end of last season. He's an amazing player. He showed it again. Um, Trippier was solid at defense. I'm, I'm hitting the fantasy uh, players that people have, um, Trippier, Bruno, and then Wilson. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm excited. We got Brighton this weekend uh, who beat Man United. I didn't watch any of that game. I don't know if it's because Man United is that bad or if maybe Brighton – you know, are a little bit of both there. So it'll, it'll be an interesting game. It's a, it's a way for, uh, for us. So we'll see. All right. So moving into fantasy, uh, you know, as Graham and I uh, tried to go through a little bit uh, on the pod that we never uploaded, there was certainly kind of a, a, a template for teams here with guys like Trent Alexander, Jesus, um, Salah, a uh, couple other guys that were kind of in the majority of teams. The choice that, you know, a lot of people had to make is, do they want that 11.5 striker? And if they did, is it, is it Holland or is it um, Kane? And I think those that chose Holland uh, are up near the top. I mean, he just looks like an absolute target man beast, exactly what you would want um, as from your guy up front. Um, And one of those um, guys who's now sitting at number two in the league after week one is Alex Williams. So looking at Alex's team, he's got, Two Newcastle defenders. He's got Bruno. Captain Sala has Holland, um, has Son as well. So went with the kind of the three premium guys. And so even though Son didn't have a great return, um, sets himself up for some um, some pretty strong uh, points. Talk about choice, Alex, of not really loading up on defense and going more power in the midfield and, and forward. Yeah, you know, I was reading some different stuff throughout the offseason and just thought, you know, I was going to – a couple strategies around certain teams where I can mix and match the first maybe 10 weeks of the season to get good matchups throughout. Newcastle was definitely part of that, and obviously their their defense is, is really strong. So that worked out last week. And ultimately, all my defenders got six or seven actually last week, so it did work out. Um, I think Koulibaly is going to have a big year and Arsenal defensively strong. I just felt, you know, even though they're all picked pretty highly with Son, Salah, and Holland, it just felt nice to have that on the roster. It looks strong. Jesus, obviously, highest picked player ever in fantasy history. I think him for one week. So we'll see if I stick with him. Grealish, I know we all hate him. I just hoping he gets some assists to Holland. I mean, Holland's a beast. I mean, just looking at what he did last week. So overall, it feels good. I think I need to look back at my keepers. Don't love where I'm at with Pickford or War necessarily. Um, my bench is pretty weak, but you know, Aaronson seems to be stepping up, which is pretty solid. So, I'll make a couple moves um, as we get going here, but feel all right so far. I have a obviously. question. I'm I'm still getting my as I finished last. I should have been relegated last year, very much so. Graham, I appreciate you letting me stick around the Bender Fantasy League. Um, how do you pick defenders? Like I, I went negative one, zero, and one this week on the three of my four defenders, like. Help me, uh, give me some like, you know, fantasy for dummies here for EPL you, defending. I mean, you've got the right idea in that Matty Cash and Luke Shaw are supposed to be, you know, your outside defenders that are going to come off um, and 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 do some attacking. I think, you know, what we didn't what we didn't know is that Manchester City would lay such an egg. Um, you know, I think of the City defenders, I'd probably look at. Dallo or Dallet, I don't know how to pronounce his name, a little more just because he's a little less money um, and they both do kind of the same thing. Um, I think right now, if you look at the best defensive teams, the, the teams that are most likely to get clean sheets, it's, you know, Chelsea, Man City, um, Liverpool to an extent. Liverpool have Trent and Robertson who bomb down the sides and try to get lots of assists. But, um, you know, it's that mix of having a team that's going to get you clean sheets with some attacking returns. Um, Graham, anything I, I missed there? Yeah, James, I'll, I'll just say the way it works, too, is the, the clean sheet's worth four points. So as soon as that clean sheet's gone, your max 
probably unless they score a goal or get an assist is going to be two. And then if they give up another goal, now you're down to one. So that's where you're seeing those low numbers. Obviously, uh, Shaw, I believe, got a yellow card. That's another minus one. And the unfortunate own goal. That's the only time you're probably going to see it on your team this year, you know, hopefully. So I wouldn't get too worried. I, I think you got a pretty good back line, um, minus maybe getting someone from Man City in there. But yeah, you got good players. Uh, Crystal Palace is sneaky good on, on defense, especially at home. So you just kind of had an unlucky week. But, you know, Crystal has tell. Liverpool next game. Probably not going to be a clean sheet. So you do got to look a little bit at fixtures. I would say Jordan Henderson as a guy on your bench is kind of a wasted player. A lot of a lot of teams have three Liverpool players, but it's usually one or two defenders. You've got Allison who should who should be good. Um, it's a premier keeper, so it's not the worst. Um, but most people have Trent Alexander on their team just because of the the amount of assists he get and the likelihood that Liverpool get a clean sheet. Um, so I would, I'd get rid of Henderson. He's, he doesn't really produce a ton of points as a Liverpool guy. Um, but the rest of your team is strong. Um, you know, take a look at who you captain. Um, Jesus wasn't a, a terrible pick. You get more points from midfielders who score than you do forwards who score. So having Salah or, or De Bruyne as your captain, you know, if they play well, you just tend to get more um, out of them. Gotcha. Appreciate yeah, it. defensive mind midfielders are not what you want for sure. So Henderson, I mean Declan Rice, incredible player, but horrible fantasy player. Right. So. I always love the way Conte plays for Chelsea, but he's not he's not going to score yet. Yeah, never. Yeah, never. Fantasy. Never going to score, and yeah, just kind of. Yep. But I think as since we're talking fantasy and we're talking players who aren't doing well, I know we've got Luke here who we were. He was given the last place team last mm. year, so that was his excuse. And somehow after week one, he's dead last again. I don't know if you want to comment at all, Luke. Yeah, tell us your strategy, uh, Luke the Duke. <laughs> I can, can be... yeah, that sounds yeah, about yeah. right. That sounds yeah, about that's, right. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that, that sums it up. Yeah, that does sum I, uh, up. I, I, you know, so my defenders, um, you know, I went Alexander, Trippier, Cancelo, and, and James. I got seven out of... Um, three of those and one from Alexander. They're all kind of outside guys, James who attack. And then I actually had Zinchenko on the bench. And and I like him a lot because yeah, he's, he's in for tyranny right now, but it's likely he could move up and even play in the midfield some this year. So um, he had 12 points on my bench, unfortunately, but those are the type of defenders. Now, obviously I spent a lot more money than, than Alex did, but, and so I couldn't have son, um, you know, in the midfield, like he did. I've got, I like Martinelli um, over Saka just because he's going to be involved um, in in a lot of the attack, and you get him for six instead of eight. Um, so you, I, he's not going to be on penalties like Saka is, but I feel like you get pretty much a lot of the same attacking opportunities with less money. Um, have Aronson just kind of waiting to see what he does. Uh, but I think the big thing here was Kane only getting two points versus um, what Holland was able to do. I'm going to do, I'm not going to do what everybody thinks I'm going to do. I'm not going to take the four point hit. I'm going to give it one more week, see how Kane and Luis Diaz do before I panic. Um, I I'm hit either the panic gonna... button before that game was over and transferred in Holland. <laughs> I really did. I knew the price well, was going up. I, I got him in. I was like, I'm not going to watch another game of this and not have that dude on my team. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, I've definitely been tempted to, I'm going to give it one more. And with, with them having Bournemouth, you feel like he's going to score a hat trick. That's so what probably, I, that's why I transferred him in. I was yeah. like, this guy is a beast. Yeah. I'm probably done. Pull a hamstring on Thursday's practice yeah. and be out for or, decades. Yeah. I was, I was afraid he was going to pull it the last 20 minutes of that game. Thank God they subbed him out. Or Pep won't start him. You know, that's the other yeah. thing is like yeah. Pep will do some Pep shit and not play him. Um, yeah. But I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sitting on my hands. I'm not taking the four point hit yet. I'm going to give it a minute and and see. Um, you know, Luis Diaz had all the chances in the world and only got two points. He deserved a goal. Um, I do think. I thought it was going to take a good quarter of the season, maybe even after the World Cup break, for um, for Darwin Nunez to come in for Liverpool. But Firmino, unfortunately, one of my favorite Liverpool players, looks old, and the team just looks different with Nunez on top. So if there's a, there's a chance I may bring Nunez in for Kane and just see what that does in the midfield. I don't know why I'm so anti-Holland. He's such a beast, but it would just be fun if I could build a team without him because I hate Man City. 
Yeah, but Romer, do you take Diaz out then? Because you have three Liverpool. That's already. that's the thing is you know Kulu for Diaz and and um, you know uh, uh, Nunez for Kane. It's just you got to see if at some point does Nunez become you know more of a of a consistent starter. Um, but it could be a differential if he if he does because he just I mean he looks every bit the part that Holland looks. He's just not locked in as the absolute nailed starting guy. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, right now you're right. But he he could be. He does look dangerous. I mean, his go- yeah, tough. I think it- his goal on the weekend was pretty incredible too. That was that's a that's a it was. big boy hustling, getting down there, and some some nice feet too. And, and yeah, it- I just think it becomes it's just a headache of we are you know a lot of us have three Liverpool already. Yeah. I mean, James has the easy one; he can get rid of Henderson. But um, the rest of us, it's like, well, is it Robertson or is yeah. it Diaz? And yeah. it's no guarantee that he's that he's going to be locked for the next six games, starting the way it looks right. like Holland is too. So it's definitely a risk. I think if I think if you're bringing in one forward right now and you don't have Holland on your team, you should do it. I don't know why I'm not. <laughs> uh, anything else fantasy that sticks out to you, Graham? I know that uh, what, what did you see on your team from the first week or or what are you seeing from kind of the next couple weeks? Well, I think everything there's not it was pretty bunched up uh, this week. If you really look at it. Yeah, there's obviously some higher scores and some lower scores, but nobody really went crazy, crazy. So. Nobody panic. That's one thing I would just say. Um, I'm sticking with my team. I went very heavy in the back with um, Alexander-Arnold, Robertson, Cancelo, Diaz, and James. I do not have Holland. I do not have Kane. So I have to watch Holland score every week. But my the deal there for me was I was n- I'm probably not captaining him over Salah. I made that decision. So I'm going to kind of hang tight with some of those 8 million midfielders. There's a lot of Mason Mount talk. Um I'm going to hold, I, you know, I don't think like I need to get rid of him yet. I don't know what Rashford, I was hoping Rashford would sneak a goal that's last weekend. So we'll see Foden in there too is Foden will show up. So I'll be fine there. And the Jesus up top. So the five, four, one, I'm sticking. I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not panicking. Uh, saw Jake Gordon. Um, I think he might be one of the highest guys that didn't have Holland, but he actually had, Looks like twenty or thirty-three points on his bench. He had uh, Mitrovic from Fulham, Zinchenko, White, and Sanchez all on his bench. So not a bad, uh, not a bad bench performance out of Jake Gordon. No, really, too bad he didn't bench boost. That would have helped. Tough to know though. All right, anything else, Kevin, fantasy wise, that you're looking at? Well, I y- y- y'all were hitting on defenders. James asked one defender. It- to me, the best defender, TAA scored the most points, but Cancelo for Man City, if you watch Man City play, if you if you watch them uh, this last weekend, Cancelo is a left wing. I mean, he is way up in the attack. Plus, you get the Man City four points for the shutouts that they're going to get. So he's somebody, for me, it's almost like a staple that you just put on your team and you never, ever sub out because he's a he's a point machine um for well, me I mean, to that I, point too he's one of the few he's one of the few man city players that you know is going to start every week all the other ones it. seem to rotate yeah. around he is locked in he is locked in he he's not in the rotation risk where the foden's even the Grealish, even though sterling left that's why a lot of people brought Grealish in because it's like maybe he will get out of the pep roulette but you do never know. If he does sub Holland out, that will be – I will be mad. But hopefully Holland's a lock. Um, so I did. I, I, I subbed out before – I'm not kidding. There was still about 10 minutes. When I saw Holland was subbing out, I went ahead and changed Kane for Holland uh, because I knew his price was going to go up. I knew I wasn't the only manager going to do that. And sure enough, it's already 11.6 now, and I had zero in the bank. So that would have made me make another transfer to get him in. And I just, watching him play, I just thought, man, this dude is a beast on this team. So I did do that for my fantasy, and now I'm probably not going to make any more moves. Um, I love, I didn't realize Alex William went with two Newcastle uh, defenders. The Dan Burns play, that's a, you know, that's a rotation risk because, you know, Sven Boatman you, you thought would be, kind of in there so I, I don't know that was uh that was that was nice. I had Bruno too I went full Newcastle week one 
But, Did you have uh, that, was, that was based off of an article on the scout where they were talking about a combination of uh, Matty Cash and Burn for the first like ten weeks where you can rotate them throughout yeah. where you can have a good matchup. Yeah, because week got, three and five, you're going to want to get those Newcastle out of there. We got yeah, Liverpool. I got rid of Cash anyway, so that strategy's gone. But I kept Newcastle for now. Gotcha. Yeah, but that's it. I, I uh, you know, I had. I did not go with Jesus. That was uh, something that I went against the template. Everybody was throwing Jesus. I didn't like the Crystal Palace. Maybe it was because Travis, you know, convinced me that they weren't even going to win. I thought Crystal Palace might beat them there. So I did go Wilson instead of Jesus. That worked out for me. I don't know if it'll work out in the long run. Um, But yeah, that's, it, it is a bunched up field. I ended up with 57. I'm like 22nd, but I'm like, Five, five points higher, I would have been in the top ten. You know, so it is a, it is real bunched up uh, there. So, um, but no, I hit the panic button when I watched Holland and I had seen Kane. When I saw Tottenham score four goals and Kane didn't have a goal or an assist, uh, and I'm watching Holland like score two right away, I'm like, up, oh, I'm hitting the panic button. He's coming in. Well, and to your point about the subs, not only did Holland goes up to eleven point six, Kane went down to eleven point four. So I'm I'm chasing now. I'm chasing point two on this um, yeah. when I when I do go to sub him. One um, person gonna... I'll say, oh sorry, the Fulham guy. I watched the Fulham game against Liverpool. That Andreas is like a Ford, and he, I do have him at four and a half. So I was kind of taking note of him. He was a he was a Twitter. Everybody loved him. He was he was kind of highly on, but. I do think he's somebody that that will stay and not only stay, but he's probably going to find my starting lineup probably this week, even because he well, is certainly uh, that's the right four point five to have on your bench. You know, for some yes. reason, Cancelo doesn't start, or for some reason, you know, there's a late injury and you don't get the sub. Your guy having a four point five midfielder on your bench that you know is going to at least go in and get one or two points is is a great asset. All right, it's time for the. Uh, it's time for the on a bender segment. We've got, uh, I mean, this may be a record here. I think we've got seven of us um, all at one time. And I think it's seven people that pride themselves not only on what they give out on the field, but what they give in the parking lot. Um, I, I don't, the last time we heard about bender, we were just, just completed winning a pink shirt um, championship for the over 40s boys. Uh, let's go through where we are right now. Let's uh Alex, you probably, or Kevin, you probably know the standings better than anybody. Where are we at in over 30s? Um, yeah, did you see and, that, Alex? And Todd. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. Drew, they draw that team last week that we tied the week before. So we're uh, one point back, Kevin? Yeah, we're we're one point back. And uh, one of the teams is Rococa that we play Sunday. Uh, and the other teams, the Amazon International guys, which I do think they're going to drop another to at least I think they're going to drop a couple of points in their next two games. So if we beat Rococo on Sunday, I think we'll win the regular season if we can win the last game too. Can so we that say was Rococo. Yeah. And it's Louise's team and uh they have like 13 guys on their roster though. I I, I checked it out this uh Rococo team. So it's going to be a tough one, but it it makes Saturday, I meant Saturday, Sunday's uh, game, all that important. It could be the regular season on the line. There are a couple games, like Strings' game last week, for some reason, isn't updated in there. So they could, they played Alba. So they could be at 10 points as well. So at most, we're one point back or first of three teams or two teams. So definitely a lot that lot can happen. <laughs> How about that? That's incredible. That's incredible. Look at this technology. It's intimidating. Now, and last game helped our goal differential a lot. We're still back, but I can't. Uh, gotcha. I feel like in over thirties, we've had an interesting season in that we 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 haven't been able to get you know a full eight or nine guys at the game. I think we've had a lot of games that have been right at seven. Um, I think we pulled Travis into one or two early season games. It's been been hot out there. So to hear that we're only a point out, that's encouraging. You yeah. are the only undefeated team, for what it's worth. There you go. That's that's the exact opposite of forties. Where are we in over forties, Kevin? <laughs> you know, Ron, I'm not as I'm not as tuned in because does it really matter? Hey, I do know this: we're going to make the playoffs, and that's all we need. That's all we need. We're not in the regular season hunt, and we're going to make the playoffs. What else do we but need I to do, know? 
I do think we got a rare regular season victory our last time out. I do think we actually won a game. Is that right? We did, and it was a pretty dominating performance. I mean, it was three three nothing, and that team never really had a chance. So, uh, if we if we can kind of keep that lineup that we had last game, forties, uh, you know, hey, we're play we're a parking lot playoff team anyway. So nobody nobody counts us out even when we don't win a game in the regular season. So. We got them right where we want them. 100%. And we've got, we've got some jerseys coming. Trailer Park back in. Shout out to uh, shout out to Trailer Park Restaurant in Nocatee. If you are a listener, you need to go there and enjoy the peanut butter and jelly wings. They're coming back as a sponsor. Um, while you view, while you look at our trophies and, and jersey uh, behind the bar there. I think, uh, I think also think Trailer Park could be a big part of our, uh, of our World Cup viewing experience. Although I am... Uh, I'm doing a lot of significant upgrades to the Rhymer deck, so I want to have I want to have you guys Jake Gordon in the uh-huh. house. <laughs> What's Jake, up? we just got done. We just got done hearing uh, hearing James's uh, James's take on um, on Manchester United, and, and are you here to make a proclamation? Are you here to officially uh, declare yourself Leeds over Man U? I can't believe I missed James. I was so excited to hear about his fandom. I I. Guarantee you he agrees with me, though. This is already going to be a terrible year. I mean, for United. I mean, it's uh, the articles and everything. And uh, I, I feel a real loyalty to Manchester United, but I, I really feel like I can't root for them this year. So I'm not, like, leaving them. But much like soccer, you go on loan. I do feel like I want to be loaned. I requested a loan to Leeds United, who is going to have an incredible year, in my opinion. Uh, Aaron, I believe you have mentioned that there is room for, uh, for Jake on the, on the Liverpool or excuse me, on the Leeds loan train. I don't know if Aaron's still here, but, um, he did mention earlier, he's, he's accepting your application. Can, can I just say that it's just the icing on the cake is joining Aaron, like one of the best soccer players I've ever had occasion to play with uh which is almost embarrassing that i even get to play with him but uh you know the idea that he's joined Leeds at the right time but i mean Leeds is america's team at this point i mean it's unbelievable has there ever been a american premier league manager i i mean there must not right i mean this must be the first american i think bob bradley had coached a few games at fulham right like like literally like Swans- three or four swansea that's what it was it's For, swansea. But wasn't it like eight days or something insane yeah, still counts. That's <laughs> true. Well, I love. Bob and there's Bob, also Te- there's also Ted Lasso, but he hasn't made it to the <laughs> Premier League yet. Which is literally <laughs> almost a joke. Where apparently Jesse Marsh has he's not Ted Lasso vibes. They keep having to say that in all of the the lead stuff. So I, I've delved deep into leads, but you know uh, the Martin Messi, Brendan Aronson, and then his brother is also incredible. Like, and then Tyler Adams. I mean, I'm I feel like leads is. Uh, you know, they're just going to be amazing. I mean, Rafinha, losing Rafinha was a huge loss, but you just see them play that one game. It looks just like they're going to be incredible. I'm so excited. All right. So, so two questions is this, here. Is this First, Jake, my new, is yeah. Jake, yeah. my new fan? Aaron, uh, Jake has, a, has said that he's on loan. Are you officially accepting him uh, on loan well, for one season was, at Leeds? I think the, uh, the win this weekend was big for Leeds, but I think, Picking up Jake as a as a loanee for the season is, is probably the biggest the biggest win of the first uh, first week of the EPL. So and then, wel- welcome aboard. It's good to have you. So so that's one comment. I need James. I need your take. Uh, will Will Manchester United welcome Jake back after this episode? Well, one. I, oh, think I don't know. After this episode, for the rest of the season, he's gone. He's he's dead to us. Don't don't he's, you dare think about putting a jersey on. Don't even watch it on Peacock, which don't get me started on Peacock, but don't even watch us on Peacock. We don't want you back. <laughs> You're dead to us. We may reevaluate you next season. Let's talk before next season. We may reevaluate. You also may not want to come back. So, you know, who knows where this season's going to go. You may not want to come true. back. So it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I'm okay. We don't, so it's fine. It's fine. James, so we'll, James we'll, we'll consider yeah. we'll consider your loanee for for the 2023-24 season as well. Okay, so I'll, I'll, we'll I'll put, keep we'll, that in my back pocket. We'll, we'll, we'll put yeah. we'll put you on the list. Fair enough. So <laughs> that quickly, you're oh, you bought a jersey that quickly? You had it in your shopping. You had before, it in your before before he was already. even loaned. He bought the jersey. You had it already in your shopping bag. Wow. 
Oh, all right. Well, that's Jake. Uh, not only yeah. pulling out speakers, but going in and out, buying jerseys. <laughs> uh, fun fact about Jake is he's, I think he's played one or two games this year with Bender. And when we ordered new jerseys, he ordered two. So he has more jerseys for on a Bender than he does games started this year, which does go into his love of jerseys. All right. He wants a guest. huge piece to the championship, though. I got to give Jake because he was one of the seven that showed and was a huge piece to that 40s championship game. Signed up for the team, paid his money, showed up only to the champion game and, and left it all on the field. Only Jake, game he showed up. Yeah. As Jake always does. Yeah. Um, all right. Parley McPeterson is here. Parley McPeterson, give us your picks as we finish up uh, this this uh, amazing <laughs> Can you guys hear me good? podcast. I yeah. thought Jake was kidding about being a Leeds fan, but he actually bought a jersey, so that's pretty crazy. Um, I'm going to keep it simple this week. Uh, Man City over Bournemouth and West Ham over Nottingham Forest is going to be the parlay lock of the week. You put those together to both win money line and you double your money. That's it. What's the line? What's the uh, line? Minus fifteen hundred for Man City. He's just going money lines. I mean that's yeah. Oh, I'm he's going straight money, money line. line. Just oh, all I got to okay. do is win. Par- parlay just wants to start I, the season with a win. So I will go back to week one. I had a parlay that was going to bring in about eighteen hundred, but Liverpool decided to knock it out of bed and lose to a promoted te- or tie up to a promoted team. So that Did they lose. tied. It, but it's the same thing in a in a, in a parlay. So. Uh, that kind of that kind of messed it up. Apparently, it's the same thing in a in a survivor pool. <laughs> exactly. Too. That's why I didn't pick Liverpool. I went with a lock of the week last week, which was Newcastle. <laughs> uh, absolutely. All right, Parley McPeterson. Any other lines out there that anybody else likes as they look at the? It's a it's a weird week. There's no. I mean, you're you're still learning about Bournemouth, still learning about Fulham, still learning about some of these other teams. So it's hard to kind of go in there and find. I went a through the. All the slates. There's actually a lot of value in a lot of the games. Uh, Everton didn't play bad against Chelsea. Chelsea just didn't score. So, uh, but I actually do like Everton over Aston Villa this week at plus three fifty, straight up win. Oh, going I'm, against I'm, your I'm villains trying, with Everton. I'm trying to bet oh. with my brain, out with my heart. Gosh, you're really down on the villains. New, Newcastle's plus two hundred to win over Brighton. I like that matchup. I like Tottenham over Chelsea. Uh, and they're plus two twenty to win. So there's there's a lot of situations where you can get plus money for your money uh, betting on some of the underdogs. Leeds is an underdog versus Southampton. I like Fulham over Wolves, which is also an underdog. So there's a lot of value out there if you want to take a peek. All right, Graham. Anything to wrap us up here? Yeah, I'll just say 40s were in eighth place right now, right in the middle. And tomorrow night we still have that bet, Reimer. Um, I still don't think we're going to play the Kestrels again, but <laughs> if we do, I owe the beer for the parking lot. They, they are still on the schedule, Graham. It's uh, oh, I've been we, checking the schedule hourly. We cannot, <laughs> we cannot yeah. tie them again. I, I can't. Have be beer. All right. Well, um, I. I don't. I love that Luke's, Luke the Duke brings beer. Uh, our first ever uh, remote podcast. I think it went okay. We've still got some little little kinks to work out here, but we did welcome in a record number of participants. Um, the season has started. We're excited. Um, thanks, everybody. James, Kevin, Graham, Alex, Aaron, Jake, Luke the Duke. Um, once we hang up here, stay on the line. Let's make sure this uploads before you before you hang up. But that's it. Peace out, guys. All right. Thanks, Rammer. I'm back. (laughs) My iPhone. My. That's fine. My iPhone literally got too hot, and I got the little temperature thing, and it was like everything shut off.